I was really let down because I thought it said hoverboard. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. Well, that one really lifted our spirits. Oh, good. Before we start. Good. We're (laughs) going to need that. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I think our fix this week might be the worst film I've had to watch for this podcast. It was tough stuff. Brutal. Very tough. Death of the Party, perhaps. That sounds like a better movie. (laughs) I want to see that. (laughs) We should fix it to be about Death of the Party. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, welcome to Screen Fix, the show where we will fix a film. This week, we're going to fix Life of the Party with Melissa McCarthy. But on this show, we also give you a little bit of movie news, so we're going to do that first. And uh, before we dive into that, why don't you say hi to everybody with me always, or the host that carry the show. And here's one of them. Lady Juan, say hi. Hello. Mustachio, why don't you say hello to everybody? Hey, everybody. <laughs> this uh, rainy Sunday here. I wonder, do you think uh, the audience can hear the light, gentle rain? Yeah, I think the studio needs a little bit more soundproofing, so they might be able to do hear it. They're me- <laughs> if you put your ears real close to whatever device you're listening to. Yeah, if you find yourself having to pee within the next 15 minutes, we're sorry. (laughs) That's on us. Do you think all of us are going to maybe get real sleepy and want to take a little nappy nap? Yeah, 100%. What? Oh. (laughs) Mustachio, if I smell asparagus, you're in trouble. I was talking about a leak from the roof because the roof is really hot. Uh, Right. Uh Okay. You're talking about Lippipi. So, uh, why don't you tell us uh, if you did anything this weekend, Mustachio? That was uh, not Mustachio, ladies. Oh. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, right? Mustachio, just trying to jump <laughs> in and tell everybody it, the show's all about you, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> nah, just kidding. I did that. All right, so here we go. Uh, Lady Wan, did you do anything this weekend that was film related? Or uh, if not, just tell us about something that you did. We all want to know. Did you uh, finally track down the person leaving uh, hair clippings in your mailbox? <gasps> Ew. Um, no, I watched Harry and Meghan get married. My BFFs, Harry and Meghan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like your, twice. Your biffles. <laughs> I watched it twice. I woke up at 645 in the morning on Saturday. Oh, That's my earlier goodness. than I wake up to go to work. Um. <laughs> All right. You want to tell us what your your high, your highlight was? Was it Kate Middleton's side eye to Camilla, or what, what was it? <laughs> I'm I'm so not into Camilla. Is anybody into Camilla? So that's what I'm thinking. The com- commentators were like, "Oh, the British people have really warmed to Camilla. They really love her." And I was like, "No, they don't. Like, I'm half British. I can speak for half of them. Maybe. No, we don't love Camilla. I'm still mad at Camilla. Never gonna forgive her. It's fine. But the ceremony was great. I don't remember anything about William and Kate's ceremony, but I will remember this one. It was <laughs> really, really good. Yeah. For all of the star-studded guest list. Oh yeah. Including uh the cast of <laughs> Suits. What's that? <laughs> yeah. So um. Including the cast of Suits. Yes. I had to explain to my cousin because my my I have a lot of family in England and my cousin and her fiance were visiting and I had to tell them like you don't understand like nobody watches that show that's on a channel that like is not even a big deal you don't understand how not famous she is. <laughs> Like, I had to tell her, I was like, it's hard to let you down. She's not, like, famous, famous. She's only famous for this. <laughs> she's not famous at all. Exactly. Yeah, like, she, this. This is it. She's famous for this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but congratulations to the happy couple. 
All right. Mustachio, what's the, the latest for you? I mean, did you do anything film-related or, you know, just whatever you did at all? I mean, with that beard, were you featured as Bear of the Month in your local LGBTQ magazine? <laughs> <laughs> Le beard of the month. I can't believe you were so fucking close. Uh, you were just talking about <laughs> hair with hers, and then you were talking about my beard. I um, I went and watched an indie movie that was featured in the local Anytown USA where we live, Ooh. and it's a movie out of New York City by a director named Xander Robin called Are We Not Cats, where the two Ooh. people that fall in love with each other find out that they're both addicted to eating hair. Ew. It was an oh. eye-opening experience. It was, that, it was so good of a movie. Would they eat human hair, animal hair? Like, what was the hair that they were consuming? Each other's hair. Oh no 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 no! Wait, would they? We're talking full scalp, everything, oh. down to like a few strands. Oh my left. god, I feel sick. Oh shit! Sorry, <laughs> sorry. I've already processed it. I forgot. I forgot. I've already processed this. But yeah, so the movie, it was dark. It was engaging. It had an amazing soundtrack that had like this old like kind of blues tone to it. The The director described it as a drug movie with no drugs in it. It was really good. It was really good. Yeah. Oh. It's a really good movie. I mean, yeah, the subject matter is disturbing. Wait, hold on. When the, when the movie was over, did you go home and like just eat a hair just, just uh. to see? Well, well, yeah. I mean, I've been trying it out. <laughs> Let's go ahead and dive right into our movie news. Our first bit of news that we have for everybody today, let's go ahead and talk about it. It did come out. Kevin Feige did say that there are plans for Ms. Marvel, Kamala Khan, in the comics. After Captain Marvel drops, uh, in the works will be Ms. Marvel. The reason why he says that Captain Marvel has to drop before Ms. Marvel, Mm -hmm. well, of course, other than the fact that it's already greenlit, is Ms. Marvel kind of written as a background character to Captain Marvel. She came from editor Sana Aman's experiences growing up as a Muslim-American which were then presented to writer G. Willow Wilson, who was already famous at that time, and also someone who identified as Muslim. And uh, they already knew she could write great material, but also knew that G. Willow Wilson would do respect to the Muslim belief system. So Kamala Khan, of course, she lives in uh, New Jersey, and she deals with growing up as a Muslim in this country. Basically, it was stuff like what it's like to smell bacon and not be able to eat it, or things like dealing with insensitive kids with no culture who don't understand her hijab, or you know how to go to a party where there's drinking, when your religion prohibits drinking and things uh, like that. The Muslim American experience. So basically she gets her powers. Uh, she's this normal uh, Muslim American girl dealing with those kind of things. And she comes in contact with the Terrigen Mists, which are the same mists that bring out your your inhuman abilities. Oh. She figures out that she can shapeshift kind of like uh, a Reed Richards style shapeshifting. When she uses her powers though, she looks like Carol Danvers, who she idolizes. But anyway, important comic. Uh, I know her first run won a Hugo Award. She's also part of the all-new, all-different Avengers, which was also written by G. Willow Wilson. Again, excited to see this. Excited to see we got Black Panther, and the reception to that was huge. Young people want representation in comics, Uh and now perhaps we'll get Muslim-American representation in the form of Kamala Khan, Ms. Marvel. What do you think about this news? I'll go ahead and let you go first, Lady Wan. I'm really excited. I can't believe we've made it this far with all of these movies being predominantly about a dude. They are so well-received. There's so much money put into these movies. The cinematic universe they've built up is so huge, and I'm glad we're finally getting more diverse characters. We're getting women. We're getting people of color. We're expanding to look like the actual world. I'm really, really encouraged 
that this is already on their radar when the Captain Marvel movie hasn't even come out yet. Like, we're not even in that release year. And they're already addressing, like, we know you're going to want this. We know it's going to happen. So I feel tremendously encouraged by this news. Nice. And Mustachio, what are your thoughts on the potential of Miss Marvel coming to the MCU? I'm excited. That sounds like something really fun, like bringing in the new Avengers and the new wave of yeah. like young people. And even in the comics, they were younger. They were like the protégés. They were the the outcasts uh, of you know these upper first tier level heroes. And I want to see like the new blood come in. Yeah, I, I, I'm really excited about this. And also, she's young. She's like Tom Holland, Spider-Man age, because she's also high school. He's high school. Mm-hmm. She would fit right in with that. Let's just hope that they get her a good villain. One of her first villains was a clone of Thomas Edison that somehow also got <laughs> mixed up with a, with a parrot. <laughs> so he was like this half man, half avian version of Thomas Edison. But also, yes, excited. Ms. Marvel. Let's keep this universe expanding and let's keep this universe offering representation for everybody. Right? Am I right? Fuck yeah. Yeah. MCU changing the world. Screen fix changing the topic. What's our next? (laughs) Next, let's talk about one of the bigger trailers that dropped this week. The Bohemian Rhapsody trailer. This is the story of Queen, more specifically the story of Freddie Mercury, originally directed by Brian Singer who was let go. He is maybe in a bit of hot water over some allegations. Uh, I know that when I used to live in Los Angeles and work in Los Angeles, this was about 20 years ago. There was already talks about Brian Singer and uh, inappropriate things that were going on, perhaps. Mm. But... Motherfucker. So he was a mofo even back then. Of course, a prior iteration of this film, I know Sasha Baron Cohen had been involved in potentially Mm. bringing his queen version to life, his version of Freddie Mercury. And they they didn't want to do what he wanted to do. And I think what he wanted to do was uh, veto. He was let go. But... We're getting this version. The film was finished by Dexter Fletcher, the director of Eddie the Eagle. So they also decided to go with Rami Malek to play Freddie Mercury. And what we got was this Bohemian Rhapsody trailer after some ups and downs. And I'm wondering, what are your thoughts after watching Bohemian Rhapsody trailer? I'll let you go first this time. Mustachio, go. I'm excited. It, it really pumped me up. It brought me back to when, you know, my first early CDs I ever bought were Queen albums. It just reminded me of like how he's, I think he's the greatest showman. As far as stage presence, you know, in rock and roll history, a few can uh, get close to him. Vocal capacity. Supposedly he could hit like four octaves, right? <laughs> Something insane. Yeah. And like his capabilities, like just that talented. It's so much harder to portray him. So with Rami Malek stepping in, having to have the body type, have the actual like facial structure. The mustache? The mustache! <laughs> the mustache. He's living in that role. I was a little like weary at first because I'm like, can he do it? I, I, have you ever fucking played Rock Band? Those are <laughs> yeah. the hardest fucking song. Those are like, the Queen songs are the hardest ones to sing. I was pumped up. It rocked me. I <laughs> loved it. And Lady Wan, did this trailer rock you? Not really. Oh, what? Tell us. Yeah. So here's the thing. I heard about this casting. I saw pictures from where they recreated the show at Wembley, I think. Oh, yeah. And I was like, holy shit, this looks incredible. And then I saw the trailer and I was like, oh, man, this looks like a TV movie. (laughs) 
Oh, I no. don't know why it feels cheap mm. and small to me. I can't explain what exactly is missing, but everything related to Queen should be epic. Like the trailer should make me unable to think about anything else other than seeing this movie. And I saw the trailer and I was like, um, I don't know. I still want to see it. I want to see this story. I want to see this performance, but it just something about it. Should have been bigger. Ugh, just felt missing something. Maybe, and this is my opinion, maybe it was missing Sasha Baron Cohen. He's a very nice. Yeah. When I was watching it, yeah, Raimi does fine as Freddie Mercury, but he does it with almost, I think he's doing the role almost with a giddy eagerness mm -hmm. was what I saw. Okay. I mean, I never thought of Freddie Mercury as petulant. What I do think of Freddie Mercury as when you watch interviews with him as there's this like mischievous menace to him. Mm -hmm. mm. He doesn't like doing interviews. He doesn't like talking about music with people. He doesn't, he doesn't give a fuck. And he looks at you and he will like tell you that he hates you right to your face but he'll do it with this weird i don't give a fuck smile and look at you with those like hawkish eyes yeah and i don't get that much from Raimi, but i might have got that from sasha because he's kind of the same he's very combative right he's he's mm. got that combative nature yet he's being humorous also so he's also mm -hmm. putting on a performance yeah, for absolutely. you so i feel like he might have brought more of that to the role that i don't that i wasn't feeling from Raimi I'd as agree much with that. i'll still see it We'll probably still fix it. Who knows? Let's move on to our next topic. Another trailer that dropped, Black Klansman with a KKK <laughs> in the middle. The film screened at Cannes and got a standing ovation. So Black Klansman is starring John David Washington, who is Denzel Washington's son, and also starring Adam Driver. It's based on a true story. It entails what? What do you think this trailer entails? What do you think the plot of this film is, Mustachio? 1970s era black cop wants to get a job in a small town in Colorado Springs and does so and then has to infiltrate the, the local clan and does his best white voice to get the guy on the phone and, and and gets things set up with this kind of heist-esque, you know, sting operation. It's, it looks cool as shit. It looks funky. It looks like it's got just this vibe to it that it's like, let's go fuck these guys up. Lady One, what are your thoughts on Black Klansman. I think this movie looks incredible. I just read an article about the true story that the film is based on. Ooh. It's completely insane. And I can't remember exactly where I read it. Apologies to journalists everywhere. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I think... I think the article I read basically had a quote from, I think it was Spike Lee finding the story as well and was like, I'm sorry, why is this not a movie? Like, this is insane. Like, this this actually happened. Yeah, this guy did this shit? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, he really, really infiltrated the clan via phone and a white cop. Yeah, I think it's an amazing true story. It's got Spike Lee behind it. So I'm, I'm all in. And it got a standing ovation. At Cannes. So I, I'm really, really excited. I think this is going to be amazing. And I want to go see it like now. Uh, JC, are you ready for this uh, joint? I am ready for this Spike Lee joint. This movie looks like, I hate saying stuff like this, but like a return to form a bit for uh, Spike Lee. This film looks fantastic. And who knows? Maybe it's a star making turn for the son of Denzel. The and Adam Driver looks like one of the best actors working today. He's just continuing his streak, I feel. Fucking power human. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he he's one of your <laughs> Lady wants power human. This won the Grand Prix prize at Cannes. 
yesterday. Oh, That's yeah. like one of the top honors for the festival. That's going to be, I mean, go ahead and mark it down for like an Academy Award frontrunner right now. Whoa. Eh. That's a huge deal. It's gone yeah. that way. Do the right thing, Oscars. I feel like I've seen a lot of shitty movies <laughs> this year. So <laughs> like this already seems way ahead of it. That's absolutely true. <laughs> All right. Our next topic here. The Happy Time Murders trailer. This was a long gestating project as well. I know at one point I remember uh, Jason Siegel was attached, but I've, I've heard about this movie for a while, for a few years. So it's like who framed Roger Rabbit, but like who framed Roger Muppet. I watched this trailer and was shocked in how misguided it feels i'm on board for happy time murders zero percent <laughs> i know it's terrible uh melissa mccarthy couldn't save this movie she's she's not gonna be able to save this these aren't known puppets so we're not getting a movie right. like mm-hmm. who framed roger rabbit works worked because it was mickey and it was bugs bunny and it was it was a it was a yeah. it was a more adult tale with with cartoons that we already knew. They're just random puppets. We'll talk about this scene afterwards. We gotta talk about this like jizzing scene. <laughs> but first, I, I just <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> we're gonna have to go there. First I'm, of all, I felt bad, but I laughed. What do you anyway. think? Based on this, based on this trailer, what 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 do you think the plot is, and and what are your feelings on this movie, Lady Wan? Oh geez, it seems like someone is putting hits out on puppets, and I can't figure out why. The trailer was just gag heavy, plot light. I don't know. I feel like they were just so excited to make a red band trailer that they were like, let's put the f word in it as many times as we can, and nothing about the plot. Let's put the f word in it and a gallon of puppet jizz. Silly string. i I legitimately laughed though like i i watched the whole trailer and i was like i don't understand how to feel what to do because i've just watched life of the party so i'm like angry at melissa mccarthy as a human i wasn't exactly excited about it as i started watching it but then i got to that last scene and i kind of like laughed a little and then he started going again and then i laughed out loud and i was like damn it they Uh, got me okay Uh, Mustachio, the Happy Time Murder trailer, what are your thoughts? Lay them on us. I'm going to quote Lady Wan and say, fuck this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no one's ever quoted me back to me before. (laughs) This shit. Oh, man. I see flop written all over this. I really don't want to see it. Well, it's on our list to fix. So, (laughs) (laughs) Fuck! Oh my god, he just stormed off. Come back, Mustachio. Mustachio. All right, I just needed a just needed a break. You need to go for a walk there? Yeah. Okay. Man, find, this, my, find my center. This really... <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, yeah, this, um, I also think this movie has flop written all over it. Kids are not going to come see this movie. If you're making this movie just for a very specific type of audience, this movie needs to be darkly hilarious. Like the most despicable puppet deaths ever. Like I want to see some super creative puppet deaths. (laughs) I want to see the Scarface guy in the shower getting murdered scene with a puppet and there's just like stuffing flying everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Give me that. Chainsaw yeah, to the belly. That's what Give I want. Some, like, I want. Oh, oh my homages. god, that would be so good. <laughs> that would be so good. Give me like the 
montage of the oh. five families' murders from The Godfather. Give revolving me a puppet door. trapped in a revolving door getting just like machine gunned down. Like, do it. They're not doing it. They're not doing it. They don't <laughs> they don't have ideas like ours. <laughs> Check out the trailer. This movie looks very misguided and very strange. Let's talk about this. Another uh piece of news now. Let's just talk about like like a couple quick news things, things that dropped. Uh looks like they are really considering that Lando spinoff because Lando Ooh. is doing so well. They've also had the reveal the writer went ahead out and said that Lando is pansexual. Mm-hmm. So now I- I'm going to be watching Solo and looking for his flirtations with young Han. <laughs> From all I've heard, Lando's the best. Donald Glover is one of the biggest stars on the planet right now. So why they wouldn't right. make a Lando spinoff is beyond me. So like this is kind of like a uh, no-brainer news. But uh, uh, what do you think, Mustachio? I'm game. All right. And what do you think, <laughs> Lady Wan? Lando spinoff are you into it yeah i don't think i'm over generalizing to say that this is the movie that everybody wanted not the solo movie yeah i mean yes it's just it seems like an obvious choice and in this moment right now donald glover is like king of pop culture he's everything he's gonna egot in the next 10 minutes like by the time we're done recording this episode he will have egotted like it's going to happen he's incredible he's so talented he's just killing it man and the fact that he is like basically a side character in this huge movie that if you asked anyone even prior to casting they wanted a lando movie anyway like it's total no-brainer news no brainer and speaking of no brainer actually I, I actually there's no speaking of but anyway uh there's another little piece of news uh it had been rumored this week that there was uh, an Obi-Wan film in the works, which is something that we have heard about for a while. But uh, I believe this is a, a debunked uh, Lady Wan. Are you going to do Lady Wan's debunkery? <laughs> debunkery minute? <laughs> Yeah, little little bit of internet sleuthing says that the actual content that was being floated around as confirming the Obi-Wan movie was just totally lifted from a previous Star Wars novel. Somebody just got ambitious with their rumors on the internet. And it doesn't sound like there's anything concrete to say about this happening. I'm super frustrated by that because they need to hurry up before Ewan McGregor ages out of the period between the prequels and the next movies that we got because I like him as Obi-Wan and I don't really want to watch a third person play this role. Oh, you're absolutely right. Too Too many. Yeah, we already have two. So like, go We'll get you in. Do this we movie. We need this now. Hurry up. And of course, Solo was directed by Ron Howard. And Ron Howard did say, did give me some news that made my little kid heart happy. I don't know if this makes <laughs> your little kid heart happy, Mustachio, but Ron Howard said that there have been talks about Willow 2. <gasps> yes, Willow 2. He actually said that when he was filming Solo, he was getting some like uh, Mad Mardigan vibes from from Solo and from Alden Ironreich's performance. Mm. And and he really? said that there had been talks about Willow 2 and that could still happen. And it would focus around Alora Dannon, the little baby, the, the the little girl from Willow 1. What do you think about this one? Lady 1, quickly. Willow? Uh, Yeah, never saw Willow. Missed me a little bit. Never made my way back to it. But everything is being remade or getting a sequel or getting a reboot. So Ron Howard should go ahead and just keep getting paid. All right. Do it, man. <laughs> All right, Mustachio, Willow 2, are you on board? I'm totally on board. I was on board with Warwick Davis 
famous when he was an Ewok on Endor. Yeah. And I am on board with Willow 2. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's time for some Willow 2. It's time. I, and when I was a kid, I absolutely loved Willow. That was one of those VHS tapes that I burnt out. But speaking of burnt out, I was burnt out about 10 minutes into our fix for oh. this week. This week, we all suffered through... Oh. The worst movie that I've had to watch for this podcast, and one that makes me very sad for Melissa McCarthy and Ben Falcone, we watched Life of the Party. All right, Life of the Party, (laughs) Melissa McCarthy's latest film, collaboration with her husband, Ben Falcone. Her previous collaborations with him have been 30% rotten or worse, and this one is right in there. (laughs) They need to just have a normal husband-wife relationship. She needs to go to work. He needs to go to work. Then they come home and tell each other about their day because <laughs> we're... <laughs> I don't know what it is. She's super talented, but when she seems to be writing her own material and acting in front of her husband's camera, something falls incredibly flat. I think maybe the Seth Rogen crew and the Judd Apatow crew or whatever made it commonplace to show up on movie sets and just improv and riff. And now it, I just feel like Ben Falcone thinks that Melissa is just going to show up on set and riff and improv and it's all going to be gold and make sense, but it just doesn't work that way. And I think these movies suffer greatly for it. It just, mm-hmm. you see so many inconsistencies in tone, inconsistencies in logic, inconsistencies everywhere, because I feel like, Every scene is this different take on the same movie because it's all spontaneous improving. It makes for the messiest, most incoherent type of filmmaking. Yeah, and I think that I think that's part of what happens here with these. It works for a side character if they're the only one doing it. It doesn't work for the lead. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a very good point. This movie's a mess. It's a big mess, and uh, I guess it makes our job easier. Yeah. But at the same time, it make it. But at the same time, it makes our job harder because we have to go sit through it. Mm. <laughs> True. It comes with a price. Even with Movie Pass, it comes with a price. I didn't hear one laugh no. in my theater, and there were plenty of people in my theater. Not one laugh. A lot of people walking out in silence because there's honestly so little to laugh at in this entire movie. I had some people in the theater that were like trying to contain their laughter and they were Whoa. laughing really hard at the scene where her oral presentation is happening. Oh, God. Which I think awful. is the, the most what? painful yeah, scene I know. in the film. My friend and I were just like dead face the whole time. Like, but this is pure physical comedy and they're like trying to just really pull in I don't know, the appreciation of somebody that wants to laugh at somebody bombing on stage or something. And Hold on. You made a friend suffer through this? did and he i thanked him before and after the showing i make sure to do that if it's a that is a good friend right if you're listening payton you're a good friend (laughs) payton good on you thank you thank you buddy thank you for holding mustachio's hand (laughs) or knee and helping him through this this difficult fix uh what was your theater like lady one it was more than half full but Full of silence. There was no reactions. I I chuckled at one point and then I was like, oh, that's weird that I laughed. It was so awkward. That scene where where she's giving that presentation, just nobody was responding at all. How about 
we hear about how this movie is doing from our statistician, Lady Wan. <laughs> Let us know. Give us the numbers, the raw numbers. So this movie opened up in second place its first weekend to Infinity War because probably nothing's going to be Infinity War until, I don't know, maybe Deadpool will do it this weekend. But So second place doesn't sound bad, but it was 18 million U.S. its opening weekend. It's up to 31 million U.S. after two weeks and not even six uh, foreign. And the production budget was 30 million, which baffles me. Where did it go? Was there a special effect in this movie? The IRS should be looking into this. Where did it go? I don't know. Um, Christina Aguilera got a big paycheck. <laughs> Twenty five million that's, that's to it. Christina Aguilera. Yeah, yeah. That explains Spoiler. it. <laughs> so Christina Aguilera, if if you didn't watch it, shows up at the end of this movie, and yeah, I guess. Oh yeah, spoiler. <laughs> yeah, twenty five million to Christina Aguilera, five million for the actual filming of the rest of the movie. Dude, I don't, I don't know because other than Melissa McCarthy, like. There's not really any big names in this. Like, Matt Walsh plays her husband. Like, that dude's not commanding a huge paycheck. I don't know where the money went. Oh, man. Okay. So is that it for the stats? Rotten Tomatoes also. It is uh, 39% rotten by critics. And audiences rate it at 49%, which I think is incredibly generous. That's also, that's not a very good audience score either, especially for Rotten Tomatoes. I think the audience scores tend to be higher, right? Like a lot higher. Yeah, they they usually do. But I still think that if you pulled just my theater, I don't think you'd get half the people who are like, yeah, that was good. All right. So we've went over the stats. Now let's figure out the plot. And for that, we've got another Mustachio's Sassy Summary. Give it to us, hot. Life of the party, uh, when Deanna, Melissa McCarthy, and her husband are dropping their daughter off for senior year of college, uh, he suddenly tells her that he wants a divorce. Deanna goes to her parents' place and gets all aggressively offered ham sandwiches, then <laughs> heads home and burns all the wedding pictures and shit. The, the butane container must have like fucking had like rocket fuel in it, because like, there's like this shameless physical comedy sequence where she's like blown away 20 feet. She goes back to her alma mater to finish her archaeology degree. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, she, uh, uh, she gets to the school bookstore and she's buying up all that swag, all that campus like fun, festive stuff. She uh, she makes friends with the uh, other girls in her frat. She joins her daughter's frat and she has a very peculiar roommate who never leaves the room. Uh, she's dragged out to a party. She gets a makeover, ends up getting all drizzy and sleeping with some old boy in the frat. Young uh, boy. In archaeology class, she and her sorority friend, they're uh, they're getting all like mean girled on by the blase future dropout sitting ahead of them. Uh, did I mention that Maya Rudolph plays her best friend? <laughs> she's trying to save this movie. She's trying yeah, so yeah. hard to be the comedic relief in a comedy Oh, I feel for her because she was working hard, but it was not landing. Yeah, it's like she saw the script and she was like, I'm going to need the help with this shit. Yeah. Uh, she she tells her that she's getting all sexed up in the library by old boy. and my Call him young boy. <laughs> oh, young, young, young boy. Sorry. 
back outside of college, she's getting a divorce. Uh, they all say nasty things to uh, like the mediating court liaison, and this is supposed to be like a funny scene. Now, back in archaeology class, her instructor, played by Chris Parnell, uh, remembers her from 20 years ago and is looking forward to her, like his favorite student, her, like, uh, you know, he said it twice, I think, uh, her oral presentation. So this oral presentation was, the scene was brutal. It, it lasted way too long. And it's basically her, like, anxiety-induced up there trying to give a presentation about Attila the Hun and... Like we're we're hearing like her knees pop, she's over sweating, she can't breathe. Uh, more weird roommate interactions, more banging. She wrecks her ex's wedding reception, and now she has no more money for school. Uh, the girls get together uh, in the sorority, and they come up with that you know oh so overused idea of we gotta throw the biggest party, and <laughs> yeah. It, Jesus, come on! And so in, in the theater, I was like, I like looked at my, I looked at what time it was. So I was like, oh <laughs> god, we still, we still have to throw the most epic party now. Yep, yep, it's a weird way. Like she's gonna have to, like, drop out of a semester that she should have already paid for. Yes. Like, <laughs> like, I'm like what the fuck is going on? And the girls uh, get people to come to the party by telling uh, Helen and Acoma's followers uh, that Christina Aguilera, who's in town, uh, is going to be at the party. So they raise the money. Christina Aguilera shows up and uh, somehow, and her and her daughter graduate together. That's all I got. Uh, it just uh, ends also. Yeah, it just... It, it just is like, oh, honey, we did it. And it just sort of ends very abruptly. Mm-hmm. It's weird. The credits roll, and you literally say to yourself, that's it? Yeah. Annoying ending, trite movie, contrived plot. But let's just not complain about it. We're here to fix it. But before we fix this thing, before we just start dismantling, a lot of people worked hard on this movie. Did they? Let's give them their... <laughs> a lot of people worked on this movie. <laughs> a lot of people worked on this. A lot of people spent time out of their lives to make this movie. And were compensated appropriately. <laughs> <laughs> what did you what's 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 something that you liked about this movie, Lady Wan? I liked Ooh. her blue mascara that she wore. That's it. That's it. The blue mascara. Yeah. By the way, guys, the pizza's here. Dig in. Oh, good, good. Mm. Oh, it smells so, so good. Grab one. It does smell good. You want some? You want some? Hold on. Yeah, let me get one for you. That's please don't eat with your mouth open. Uh, lady, <laughs> don't. <laughs> you want one of these? Yeah. Okay. Hold on. Here we go. Thank you. Let's continue because the only joy we're gonna have talking about this is the the pizza eating. What's something that you liked about this one, Mustachio? I like I like Helen in a coma. She she's crazy, cutting girls' hair, and you know she's willing to. <laughs> She's willing to, you know, stick up for her, you know, friends in any way. I don't know. She's just got an air about her that, like, d definitely seems like she's not going to class, but I don't know. I thought she was funny. I liked that uh, Maddie had a, an Asian-American boyfriend. It's not like it has to be a frat, so it's all white guys. But speaking of the frat, I laughed a little bit with the drunk guy at the end of the night who's still, like, shirtless trying to get the party revved up. 
It just reminds me how ridiculous that kind of party atmosphere can be. I don't know. I don't feel like the movie had an opinion on how we were supposed to feel about her being there. When she first arrives and she's like, oh, I'm too old to be here. Like, correct. You are too old to be here. But then they're (laughs) like, no, you're fine, mom. Let's go. And it's like, well, no, no, she was right. And it is weird. Um, (laughs) There was a woman about her age who lived on my floor my freshman year of college. What? Yeah. Was she the life of the party? No, her name was Marilyn. I didn't even know she lived there for weeks because I would see her in the bathroom and I was like, oh, that that mom is visiting again, I guess. And I would just see her all the time. And then one day I was like getting out of the shower and she was there with her little caddy. And I was like, hold up. Somebody's mom is straight up living here. And then <laughs> I figured out that she had a room like she was a student. She lived in our dorm. She had a rocking chair and she knitted. Like, she leaned hard into momming. Like, she was not trying to pass as one of us. A rocking chair. She was like, here's me and my rocker. I I knit. Yeah, it was weird. I don't know why she was there. She wasn't banging 19-year-old frat guys? It didn't appear to be happening. (laughs) Did you like anything about this one, You better tell us. Better tell us if you like something. (laughs) You know, I liked when she acted her age like... In the bar when they were saying high velocity, but she kept seeing, saying things like, you know, equal pay for equal work. Or she kept saying, uh, oh, we need to clean up the ocean. Yeah. I, was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, like she's actually, she's saying like adult things. Like I even liked when she was at the party and the guy asked her what she wanted to drink. And she was like, Chardonnay, something, something oaky. Yeah. I was like, that's <laughs> awesome. That's perfect. Yeah. Like that's so perfect for here. But uh yeah, so I liked some of the jokes, some of the age, some of the age jokes, but other than that, there's, there's, there's not much to like yeah, here, especially yeah. not uh, Melissa McCarthy. Her shtick gets old so quickly. Yeah, there are just so many elements of this movie that are off. But let's go ahead and just—it's hard to talk about what we liked about it. We all agree that this was a really tough one to sit through. Let's go ahead then and do what we do. Let's fix this movie. Yeah, let's do it. All right, fix one. Lady One, what do you got for us? Lay it on us. You're itching for <laughs> fiction. That doesn't work. That rhyme doesn't work. Okay, go ahead. Lay it on us. What you got? Okay. I have a minor gripe that I see all the time in movies. I take it as a personal attack. I am incredibly offended by the notion that we need to make her over so that she fits in in college, even though she's a 47-year-old woman and nothing is going to make her look like a 22-year-old. And her daughter says, Mom, you can't wear glasses. You have to get contacts now. Oh. Screw you guys. She's all that. Why? Yeah. Why can she fuck? still, like, why is that still a thing in 2018? Like, no. No. Can we stop, please? Glasses are in now. Somebody asked me why I wear contacts. And I was like, I wear contacts because I grew up in a time period where glasses were not cool. So I still have whatever that self-conscious bullied from glasses thing that people have, you know. Uh But nowadays, everyone's wearing glasses. Glasses don't have that same stigma either. Like, No, because we all spend our entire lives staring at screens. We all need glasses. However, Lady One, you take your glasses off for us? Uh (laughs) I think I'm going to hate you guys. (laughs) Done. Oh, my God. 
God. <laughs> is that Julia Roberts? What in the... Oh, my God. I, it's, it's hot in here. Sweating. <laughs> Sweating. Hold on. Let me put it back on. Oh. oh. Okay. We're fine now. Okay. There she is. There she is. Whew. There she is. Yeah. Right. You guys didn't recognize <clears throat> the video. You're not... JC, <laughs> JC, you're not helping the that that, that stereotype <laughs> bullshit. Oh, uh, yeah. come on, man! I was so angry at that. Like, yeah, yeah, that's 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 so dumb. Like it, it was it was dumb when they did it, and she's all that. Yeah, <laughs> it was already dumb. Like that's always that's the dumbest thing. Oh, what? A, how would you fix it? What would you specifically rather have, have had her do? So either leave her with contacts as a mom, like she can have contacts as a mom and then not have to take glasses off or give her like cool stylish glasses like people wear, myself included. Like it doesn't have to be a thing. Hashtag leave my glasses on. I'm starting it. Yes, that's good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Hashtag leave my glasses on. That's a good one. I'm starting it. I am. I'm. The revolution starts at screen fix. <laughs> they will look back at this day. <laughs> Mustachio, what is your first fix a dent and forget it? She eats a bunch of weed bark. She eats like 14 pieces <laughs> uh, or something like that and wants to go on like this wedding reception destruction spree. That is ridiculous. No one gets like uber high and wants to do things like that could possibly get them arrested. Or do things, and, period. Or do no, things, they, period. <laughs> yeah, they just want to get like Uber Eats McDonald's. Yeah, and, and, and so you go inside like a, a shell of yourself uh, <laughs> and like you, you get that itching for like appreciation from your friends and you just want to be safe you want to be in like your childhood home like if you're having oh if you're God. if this you're really having specific. is this is this your experience is this your first hand experience well, i mean that um I, so i guess if you eat way too much then you're gonna get what could be called a bad high and you can like just be a locked in where you don't mm -hmm. want to go outside. You don't want to do anything. You're staring at your hands. You're sweating and you can't uh, seem to get, you know, off like the relaxed, couch or the relaxed. floor. Yeah. You can't move. You can't, you can't move. I've heard. But, uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, this is what we've been led to assume through documentaries and such. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, so that scene for me, I, it could have been done a little bit more, uh, funny where she's like bonding with her friends because they're like you know hunkered down on the couch together or or um, eating you know things together that you know where they're just saying sweet things to each other maybe that's where the, the kinesiology girl could have been like I'm worried about my degree and how it doesn't apply to anything and they're like well what does it apply to oh physical therapy maybe maybe that's like a scene where you know that whole questioning of what you're doing there could have happened because that definitely happens if you've eaten too many pieces of weed bark. So you would rather they bonded on the couch. But that was yes. like, the, that was, that was the, that scene was the catalyst though for the daughter being upset with her. And for, that was like her rock bottom moment. So w w would you have given her a different, <laughs> a different one? Is there some other way that she could have like disappointed her daughter? And she and also gets rock financially cut off for that act. Yeah, and that's where she gets financially cut well, off. Well, she could so. have been financially cut off during the actual like mediating Absolutely. divorce scene. Okay, so you would fix it a different way. You would not have the weird reaction to the drug bark. Nope. So my first fix is a minor one. Uh, 
just small things uh, bother me about this movie. Stuff like her suddenly being a soccer goalie or <laughs> just tiny things. It's just like you. there's so many tiny things you can get right, like like people's names. So her daughter's name is Maddie, with, which makes sense. That's a young person's name right now. But if you're going to make an age comedy that's showing older generation juxtaposed to younger generation, you got to make the disparity wide as a gulf. Mm-hmm. And the girls' names are Helen, Debbie, and Lenore. <laughs> None of those are quintessentially, uh, stereotypically young names. No, those are not 90s babies' names. These babies really should be named something like Brianna, Taylor, something like that. A- anything that's more young and not Helen and Debbie. <laughs> Helen, and De- Helen and Debbie are at the bake sale somewhere or in their AARP meeting or something. I, I don't know. They're just get the small things right in this movie. Mm-hmm. That's that's just my first tiny little little fix, whatever. Give us your next fix, Lady Wah. Okay. So this is actually kind of a big one. So the first time they go out to a college party, Deanna, who's that's our main character is Melissa McCarthy's Deanna. She um starts chatting up a a really hot guy who's like 20 maybe. Yeah. That that was a good night for her. She does the walk of shame like along with her daughter, which I don't understand why the daughter's doing the walk of shame if that's her boyfriend. He should be able to take her back in the morning if that's her boyfriend. You're that right. That wasn't a right. did. Yeah. You're absolutely right. They they introduce him yeah. as as her boyfriend. Yeah. Yet she's supposedly doing a walk of shame. Yeah. Home? He should give her a ride home if that's really her boyfriend. Uh that's how that works. But the mom is doing the walk of shame out of the frat brother's room, the really hot guy. And they continue to hook up throughout the movie and it is absolutely not for one second addressed that it's weird that he's into her. And then it comes out of the blue. The hot guy is the son of the woman her husband has left her for. Completely yeah. comes out of nowhere that yep. that's his mom. And then it's it's a funny joke that like she banged her yeah. <laughs> her husband's mistress's son like oh that's hilarious oh and also she's all like like proud of it and laughing about it yeah in front of the guy in front of him where she's just like I, I, Haha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah bang your son meanwhile the son's standing right, right there. there i'm like meanwhile this is the son that's like been obsessed with her he's been like, what texting about, her like what crazy? about his feelings yeah yeah what he's about really really into her this? like she keeps trying to break up with him and he's just like i can't stop thinking about you like so my fix is to explain why he's really, really into her and make it kind of fit in with the plot of this movie. He should have mommy issues. He should be mm-hmm. into the fact that she's always bringing food, that she cleans up. Like she should, when she said she wanted to bring a covered dish to the frat party, she should have. She should have brought that dish and he'd be like, oh, home cooked food. I never get home cooked food. He should have oh, really yeah. loved that. Oh, yeah. She should have been cleaning up after the walk of shame. And like, yeah. he's he's getting mom stuff from her. His actual mom, yeah, is like portrayed as like cold and right. terrible. So she's got to be this frigid, unloving mother. And he has got to be into her purely to fulfill his mommy issues because he's not getting love or support or the basic care from his mom now that he's at college and because she was like uptight and frosty. Because that's that's the character Julie Bowen is giving us as the realtor who marries Deanna's ex-husband. It, she's cold and uptight and unloving, it seems like. So 
I want that to be why Jack, who's a young Hawkeye, is into Deanna. Is it needs to be broadcast, like put it in our face yeah. that he is into her being a mom, and let it be weird because it is weird that she's banging this twenty-year-old dude. You can't not address it. So let go with the weirdness of this. Go with it. Yeah, and uh, also the whole idea that as she's explaining to her daughter during the walk of shame that she like rocked his world and was just amazing and incredible and she refers to yeah. her vagina as a vagoogle why why is she so amazing in bed because she's been with her husband for 23 years and he is has been cheating on her and she's completely yeah. unsexy in her relationship with her whenever we see them interact she's talking to him like he's a kid like, they're demonstrating that yep. they're yep. not, like, engaged in that level of their relationship. So why would all of a sudden she be like, oh, I know how to put it down? Like, do you? Because I don't understand. That wasn't part of her character development before. It's yep. it's yep. very weird. You're right. That young guy should have been, like, the second guy she ever slept with. Yeah. That's an excellent fix. Oh, boy. Let's move on. Another fix for us. Mustachi yo 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 My understanding of sororities is that there's a, <laughs> and, and this is purely coming from someone who was independent in college and um, never was a part of, you know, something like that, but seeing it from afar and in popular culture, I've been led to assume that, you know, sororities are a huge time commitment. My problem with it is like the only way we feel that she's in a sorority is we see Greek letters on the outside. Mm -hmm. They come together in this like worn out hazing scene uh, where she gets paddled and maybe at the very end, like they're all standing in the room, like the main room together. And they're like, hey, sisters, we got to have a biggest party ever. Aside from that, we have no idea that she's in a sorority or that she, you know, is a part of something at this school. So mm -hmm. I want it to, to represent, you know, a little bit more of, of that. So like, say like the uh, kinesiology girl, I have her like as her big sister because there's like a big sister, little sister relationship. Mm -hmm. I, I wanted it to seem like there there was more of a meaning for her being there but there wasn't yeah was i think just... specifically the big sister little sister relationship would have been a funny joke that would have been good that that she had a big sister and that she was somebody's little sister that just would have mm -hmm. been a funny relationship to build out and just sort of make fun of a little bit instead of scenes that were building up characters they spent more time on like let melissa mccarthy be slapsticky in the school bookstore I have a fix. This one has to do with our Coma Girl. Coma Girl played by uh, Gillian Jacobs, star of Community and the Netflix show Love. I think she's good. I think she's a pretty good actress, but she definitely has her own kind of weird, quirky style. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't help but think she's in a different movie than this movie. Like I'm watching two different movies. I'm watching a Coma Girl movie, which is good. And I'm watching this Melissa McCarthy movie. She overshadowed almost every scene she's in with her facial expressions, her comments. The fact that she had this other thing going on, too. Like, she had the coma thing going on. She has so, three million followers it, on Twitter. She's undecided on her major. <laughs> they never say that the coma made her crazy. <laughs> but then she acts and does crazy things. Yeah, yeah, she's super weird. Her inclusion period is very strange because this is an age movie. Then they throw in this character 
who had a coma, so that's why she's much older, and now she's kind of like she's an age between the other two ages. Mm-hmm. And now you're kind of dismantling that older lady versus younger people thing that you that you have in this in this movie. I would have taken her character out completely because there was there was plenty to do with all the other characters. With they didn't need a crazy character that was in a coma and now blurts out crazy things. And the thing is, if she was just in the background blurting out crazy things, that would have been fine. But that's not the case. She's in her archaeology classes. She's the one spurring her on to destroy cakes she's the one she fights who, bobo selena gomez she she fights <laughs> yes, she, she fights somebody on her behalf she's the one with the followers that tells everyone christina aguilera is gonna she's like the second main character yeah and yet she's this crazy coma character she really is taking away from our main plot big time so my fix is yeah make a coma girl movie or take her out of this movie because her character is way yep. too strong, way too strange, and just over overshadows everything that's going on. <laughs> Lady One, how about giving us, hitting us with another fix? Okay, so we mentioned this earlier, the fact that the, the problem is that now she doesn't have enough money for her tuition, but she's already at midterms so yeah like you've already paid so never mind that this factually is not how you pay for college you pay for the semester so never mind that that's nonsensical however if the idea is that we need to have a party oh okay whatever that's that's dumb but i'll (laughs) i'll go with it but then the problem is that no one's showing up to this party because there's a christina aguilera concert that night like christina (laughs) aguilera's first big hit came out when these college seniors were two years old why are they super into christina aguilera that doesn't make any sense as soon as they said that line i was like that's dumb they're like this should be somebody that college students would go would be going to see this should be migos this should be sean mendez this should be ariana grande like this should be a current hugely popular (laughs) artist and then as soon as it kind of progressed a little i was like oh it's because she's gonna show up that's why it has to be christina aguilera because nobody who's like actually popular would want to do this because it's just weird (laughs) there's like 19 year old frat dudes going where's christina i want my money back it's like what the hell (laughs) Do you even know who that is, bro? Like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. So Christina Aguilera is 37 years old. And Melissa McCarthy is 47 mm-hmm. years old. And Gillian Jacobs mm-hmm. is 35 years old. So what are we doing here? <laughs> Clearly, this just feels really like one of those confusing. where they either went with whoever they could get to agree to do it, or it's like an outdated script that nobody thought to change because whoever's in charge of it still is into Christina. Like, it was bizarre. And then the song performance just felt like a less funny, less emotional repeat of the hold on scene from the end of Bridesmaids. Like it was shot in the same way and it just was not as good on any level. This movie also had like a like a a cake meltdown scene too. Mm -hmm. And that midterm oral presentation was definitely supposed to be the getting sick in the dress shop scene where it was just physical, disgusting humor. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was just yep. nothing even Blech. came close to measuring up. Just it felt like a first draft that they're like, okay, let's film it. And you're like, yep. hold on. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. No, this, this really? We're not I, going straight I, I to actually, What's now. funny is I, I actually have in my, in my notes for this, do they just use take one? Everything feels like there has to be a better take than this. Yep. Right. First draft script 
first take shot. Terrible. First rough, draft, first rough, take. Rough. Oh my gosh. Good fix. Good fix. Uh. <laughs> Speaking of things that don't pay off, I think that's where your next fix is going, right? Mustachio? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to try to get a little buried treasure out of this one. <laughs> the archaeology instructor? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Pl- like, played by Chris, Chris Parnell. Parnell. He's got like this attraction to her. Like he says, like my favorite student, mm-hmm. like they both know that they were classmates in that major 20 years ago. There was obvious she, he knows He knows how much that degree means to her because obviously he sees her coming back after all this time. And, right. and he says, I'm looking forward to hearing your oral presentation. And they or constantly joke with each other. He asks her out, like kind of. He's like, we can go on a dig sometime. Yeah. Um, all of that. And like they have like this little punny exchange. Like there could have been more of a payoff with Chris Parnell's character because they seem to be a little into each other, but then the whole movie just ends at the end. They could have gone on that dig together and had like, you know, those little clever uh, turns of phrase together. Yeah. Like just like last week's fix where they were broadcasting the fact that he was going to be a chef in this movie, they were broadcasting that she was going to be with this teacher who they were just having flirty punny exchanges mm-hmm. with uh-huh. every time yeah. she was in the classroom they were broadcasting that relationship and did not pay it off it was bizarre i agree with yours 100 <sighs> percent. i really do feel like this entire movie would have just been better if they had just gone dirtier with it with the puns with the hot guy who was into her like why didn't they just make this an r-rated movie Ugh. Yep, you're right. Just go, go nutty with it. Yeah. What about you, JC? Man, give us, give us your last fix. So there was this scene that I thought was supposed to be the emotional turning point of the whole movie, and it, she gets a text that says that I think it's Debbie is having a, some issues, and she needs her right away for whatever reason. I have no idea. I don't know any relationship that. Melissa McCarthy's character has it. What's Melissa McCarthy's character's name? Deanna. D-Rock. Deanna. Sorry. D- that's, oh my gosh, that's right. They were calling her, they were legit just referring to her as D-Rock yep. by the end of this yep. movie. So Deanna, they're like, oh, Deanna, you, you have to come. Debbie's, you know, down or whatever. And she walks in and she's like, I, I got to make lasagna, which is weird already. And I, Lady One, you were saying. <laughs> that is like a two hour prep situation. <laughs> So I I was stressed out that I was like, how long are they going to have to wait to eat? Like if they're in an emotional state and you're like, I brought the ingredients for lasagna. I did not bring a lasagna. Like I'd be like, no. Like she probably, she probably just should have brought the ingredients for like banana splits. Yeah. Not, who, I'm going to make a full on. Who brought all that ricotta cheese that they just had lasagna that for the next two and a half hours while you girls sit here on this counter. <laughs> and, the, and the thing is too, is like everything gets like resolved. And if you notice, all she's done is put like one layer of sauce down in yeah the and then she's putting dish. spinach in it and i'm just like mm, i'm questioning that choice <laughs> <laughs> like she doesn't actually make the lasagna no, they don't get to finish it uh, anyway <laughs> so that scene debbie is like i don't know if i've i feel like i've wasted my my money on this degree that i that's not going to be worth anything and suddenly another girl is like i don't know if i'm ever going to tr- find true love and it's like where are these problems co- where, where are these character traits coming from mm-hmm. Like, this is late in the movie. Very late. And suddenly, Debbie doesn't know if she's made the right choice about her 
her college career. It sounds like she was pretty sure early on in the movie. Uh, the other girl, it has never been shown that she's having relationship problems or she, that she picks the wrong guy or whatever. Yeah. It's never shown. Nope. And suddenly they have these problems and she's going to say a few words and make one layer of lasagna <laughs> and everything's going to be good. That's just makes absolutely no sense. And I hate this about movies. This whole movie should have been about her. You know, nobody seeing past the fact that she's old, right? Yeah. But but eventually, it's her wisdom. Yeah. That helps these girls. That helps out the fraternity. Instead of yelling full velocity, by the end of the movie, they should be yelling equal pay for equal work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it. She should be changing things there. That's really what this movie should have been about. The very next thing they do is they decide to go to an an eighties party. So right when she's helped them solve their 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 problems and she seems great, the girls get invited to an 80s party right there in, in that kitchen. And they're like, and here's where, you know, uh, you can be of, of so much more use. And she's like, oh, the 80s party? I got this. And there should be this really cute scene where they're all accepting each other. Mm-hmm. Every, everyone's happier. She's helping them to get 80s up. And there's a little music montage. Them showing up to that 80s party could have been that. Now she's part of the crew. Now she's going to get in the sorority. Everything's good. And that really should have been, and it could have been, the turning point that it wanted to be. That's my, uh, that's my physnix. Anybody have any uh, final thoughts? Okay, so I have one. Um, Earlier in the movie, she's talking about her creepy roommate and describing her to her sorority sisters. And she says that she's got uh, Voldemort vibes. From mm, right, the creepy yeah. roommate who like doesn't go outside. She keeps the blinds closed. She will only go mm-hmm. into Deanna's closet. Like she's super weird. This girl is bananas. Again, not a focus of the movie at all. Just happens to be an insane mm-hmm. person. Yeah. But then later she's hooking up with the hot guy Jack in the stacks in the library. at the library. <laughs> and he says to her, you're my sexual Dumbledore. And she's <laughs> like, what does that mean? And he's like, well, you're like like the wizard, like teaching me the ways. And she's like, like the old guy, like with the beard. And then she like kind of schools him like, hey, don't ever uh, refer to any of your sexual partners as reminding you of a wise old man. Like that's not a compliment. But she shouldn't have to ask who Dumbledore is if she calls somebody out for being Voldemort-ish. Like you don't get to make the reference but then not understand the reference i feel like she should have said when she's talking about like her weird roommate she should have said like oh i'm getting major lydia deets vibes from her or wednesday adams vibes like an older Uh, movie a movie that she watched yeah and and that they should should be be like who like i don't know i don't know who that is like they should just kind of look at her be and it should show the separation between her references and their references and like show the the age gap that's that's something that's so wrong with this movie you're right like the inconsistencies are so bad And, and i think that's one of those things that happens with these let's just riff and spew improv movie and that's a perfect one to bring up you hit the nail on the head that's a perfect example of what's wrong with that type of filmmaking it's perfect thank you all right okay i think we might need to consider this one screen Screen why don't you send us home lady one okay 
So you can follow us on Twitter. Tweet us if you have things that we miss, things that maybe we got wrong, or ideas for our next fix. What are we doing next week, guys? Deadpool? Deadpool 2. Deadpool 2. So, yeah. Uh, um, so yes, Twitter, at ScreenFixPod, on Instagram, at ScreenFixPod as well. And you can find us on Facebook. Just search for ScreenFixPodcast. You can also email us at ScreenFixPod at gmail.com if you want to. And please rate, review, and subscribe to the show wherever you're listening. We really do appreciate um, any comments or reviews that you want to leave us. And tell a friend. If you enjoy listening, please share that with some friends of yours. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Libsyn. Yeah, we also have a Patreon account in case you want to donate to the show. We'd love to keep the show going for as long as we can. And we also have dreams of opening a one-screen movie theater to be the home of podcasting and films and all kinds of other fun stuff. So look into that. Search Screen Fix on Patreon. All right, let's, uh, let's say goodbye to everybody. Why don't you give me your worst archaeology pun? Mustachio. Um, <laughs> it's really hard to think of him on the spot, man. You buried my heart at Wounded Knee. I, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I have no idea how to do this. Uh, how about this? Uh, I know you have a cold, but why don't you stop coughing and come dig this up? I didn't. Did that? <laughs> Are you trying to find the pun, Mustachio? I'm, I'm trying to find it. Like, Just dig a little deeper. Dig uh, a little deeper. I, I see what you just did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay. Mine was painful. All right, we can just go out. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.